Hi, everybody. Today, we're speaking with Brad Smith. He is the owner of Automation Links, and he's going to be sharing with us how he's been using videos to build a relationship at the top of his sales funnel. This has allowed him to build very strong relationships with people without actually ever meeting them, allowing him to keep a strong price and charge for a setup fee. We're going to dive into this and how he does it and more in today's episode. And join us next week when we speak with Pukan, the owner of LeadSift. He's going to be sharing with us the benefits of not offering a free trial, as well as delivering a value proposition to your prospects at the right time and going over many other mistakes that he's learned along the way. Let's listen into the conversation with Brad. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team, You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. Great, Brad. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Adam. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to have you here. You you have a wonderful new product uh, that a lot of startups could utilize. Can you give us like the elevator pitch to to your background and, and what it is you're doing now? So my favorite thing to say is linking your business with your customers. Um, I think it's all about relationships online. You're going to hear me say it, say that a lot. Um, our tool allows you to create that relationship with your customers, and usually there's a big barrier that gets in the way. So when somebody comes to your business, uh, they use the old contact form and don't expect to hear back from you. So our tool allows them to reach out and actually feel like they're going to get a response, which they will, whether it's automated or uh, by your staff through a, a messenger, messenger bot or a live chat. Excellent. Great. And how long have you been doing this business? Well, I'm on six years. Um, I'm on my third um, renditions. So we started off only in the fitness industry, which was my background. Um, did it completely wrong, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Had to start all over, start fresh. Um, and then just from there, over the last two or three years, we finally found product market fit. Okay. Uh, so tell me what, uh, what you did wrong, what you found that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love sharing this because I think it helps a lot of people. Um, and I thought I could start a business and a quick backstory, I was in the fitness industry, number one on Google, um, th two to three clients a week to my fitness business, and my wife and I were in a really bad car accident. Um, so after 11 herniated disc, I just couldn't do the on-your-feet training all day anymore like I used to be able to. So I thought, what, what can I do? I love helping people, um, so how can I switch this? Well, then after thinking about it, I had all these gyms and trainers and chiropractors saying, how, how are you number one on Google? Like, how are you getting all this um, traffic? But it actually wasn't my website. It wasn't SEO. It was the fact that I had one of the first text message opt-ins on my website. Uh, this was seven or eight years ago. You remember when those came out, text, um, you know, hello to one, two, three, four, and get a response. Well, I had that on my website. And I, as I was training my clients, people were texting me for more information about my training, and I could respond back right away. And so I started thinking, how can I help others? 
um, and especially move away from the fitness industry into the online business. Um, so long story short, short, that's how I got into it. Um, and what I thought was when I started the business, I was watching all the gurus, all the hype, all the big promises of become a millionaire in three months online. I thought I could just put out a website and all these people would sign up and pay me when in fact, nobody really cared and uh, nobody cared about my business, what I offered. And um, that's when I had to say, all right, I'm doing this all wrong. If somebody does sign up, they cancel within a month. Um, and there's just no product there. Um, and I just had to start over after a couple of years. Yeah. And so how did you make the change? So um, as I started going, I started, I knew I had to do videos. Now, if you're not doing videos for your brand or for your company, or you don't have a team that's doing it for you, you're definitely leaving a lot on the table. I was nervous. I was scared to get on the video. It actually took me about six months to talk myself into making one video, my first one. Um, when I finally started doing that, I, I didn't know what to say. I wasn't comfortable. They were awkward. But people started reaching out to me from them. Um, I started getting on phone calls with people. Um, I was messaging my clients on social media. I was putting out videos. And then all of a sudden, these people that I was interacting with started signing up. And I kind of took a step back. They're not signing up because of my product, um, whether it was good or bad. They're not signing up because of my price. If they didn't care if I had a free trial, they felt like they had a relationship with me, whether it was the phone call message or a video. And then they wanted to sign up and try my product. And so I thought, I think I have something here. Um, and then that's when I really started transitioning and making it all about how can I build a better relationship with these people? Just like I did in my fitness business, people were texting me and they knew I'd respond back and then they'd sign up. So what's, why make it different when it goes to a website or online? All right. And I want to come back to where, where we were going as far as now your business now, but you brought up something that ever since I met you uh, a couple of weeks ago, I've started seeing you more and more on social media and being more and more aware of you in all the different groups. And, and I see on Facebook that you're very active. Like you said, you're doing the videos and you're building that relationship. Uh, how has this been working for you? What have you found here? It's incredible. And it wasn't until I switched my mindset to the relationship first mindset. I have people, um, everyone has Facebook Messenger now, right? If somebody's not friends with you and they send you a message, it goes to spam. Well, what I didn't realize was when I opened up my spam, I had people messaging me wanting to sign up and work with me out of nowhere. <laughs> so I open it up and I'm like, how'd you hear, hear about me? And so the common response is, I've been watching your videos. You've been helping me out and I'm ready to sign up. Now I said, do you know anything about the product? Nope. Do you know anything about the price? Nope, but I'm ready to sign up. And I, that was the cra craziest thing, right? Um, they already trusted me. They knew they wanted what I was offering could help them. And, um, and they were willing to really pay whatever, you know, unless it was outrageous for the, for the product. So those relationships are, are crazy. And then when I, my business has never took off until I started really focusing on that. Wow. I, you know, I'm thinking myself right now, I'm starting to put together the plan of action to, to start doing videos myself. Uh, this is our first video, video podcast. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at all this equipment and everything and kind of getting overwhelmed. And I'm thinking, wh why do we need so much stuff? I've got a very 
inexpensive microphone, which is more advanced than most people are using. And I'm using the webcam from my laptop. That's more than enough. I mean, so that was one thing I told you for six months. If you're, if you own a business and you're watching or listening to this, you're probably nervous or you've been nervous in the past, or you want to outsource it. You want to have staff do your videos for you. It's not the same. And people don't want perfection. They're not going to start working with somebody that has a perfect promo video. I mean, promo videos aren't even seeing a lot of views on social media anymore. It's the ones that where you just hold up your phone and you do a, a minute video. That's where the, the people are, are watching. They care about that you're not perfect or that you're just like them. And most importantly, you relate to them or they relate to you also as the business or business owner. And so what kind of content are you putting out that gets people engaged instead of, hey, here's my product. I've got a wonderful product. Buy me. Definitely, they say helpful tips, right? Um, And one thing that I've really done that switched, because I ran out of content. You think you're going to run out of content, right? Um, I was sharing what's working for me. I went through all of that. Uh, videos, the marketing, the relationships. And then I started going to like Quora. Have you been to Quora.com? People go and ask their questions. I went in there and I started looking at all these questions. There's thousands and thousands of them. So you make your content around common questions. And that's what I really coach all my clients to is they say, I don't know what type of content to put out. What should we put out in our blogs and our videos? And I said, well, you've had clients all week, right? Yep. Did they ask you questions? Yes. Write those questions down and then make your content around that. Because if one of your clients has a question, I'm sure 90% of your clients are thinking or wondering the same thing. So if you can base your content, your videos, helping people out by answering common questions, that's probably what's come natural and what's easiest for me. All right. And as a smaller company, how how has this been placed in your sales funnel though uh you're saying you're getting a lot of people in how, how is it working how is it fitting in with your whole process so it's a funny because my sales cycle is actually a three-part video series um all back to back so it all starts with you know my first one which is a free trial try it out see if you like it but it's a video of me telling them um that i relate to their problems and i think that was key was when i switched the copy around. It's not my products, this, it does this, and it does this. It's saying, Hey, Adam, I know you're having this problem because I used to have that problem too. Let's fix it. And so you, you're like, okay, let's see if we can fix it. He understands I have a problem. He knows how to fix it. So we'll see if it works. Right. And then, um, a basic three-part video series after the trial, giving them more education in the same thing, building trust, right. Um, which in turn has helped me um, with um, charging people for setup fees and also keeping clients for longer, um, so less churn. So if you're trying to, you know, lower your churn, the videos and the relationships um, and are really key. Instruction, knowledge, making sure they know exactly what to expect, but then making sure that they're successful with it. Yeah, uh, that relationship bit is is huge for the whole sales process, even after the sale is actually done. I told you I was going to say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You you said something there that uh, you're able to charge a setup fee. Now, most people are, are moving away from set, setup fees unless it's a very complex uh, setup. How are, you, how are you able to do this? 
So it's really two ways. Um, I'll talk about why I do it first. Um, so what I found is if I set up everything or my, my staff sets up the account for the client, we train them, teach them how to use it. How long are they going to stick with me? They're going to stick with me forever, hopefully. But that's my average. That's why I said, if you want a lower churn, charge a setup fee so you can really make sure that client's successful. You can put staff there to actually set up the account and help them um, because you're getting that setup fee. But now they're successful. You're going to have less churn um, and you, you're going to keep them for, you know, for as long as you can. Um, why I've been able to charge it, I think, uh, and before I go too far, this has been the main thing besides the relationships that's helped our business. Because knowing that we have that upfront payment from somebody um, as a startup is one of the the biggest things. It helps out so much. Um, so when I'm able to have the relationship, I get on the phone with them. I do Facebook Messenger with the clients before they sign up. Uh, we email back and forth. They watch my videos. Now they're they know it's going to work. They know I understand. But now they know that there's a setup fee, and that by charging the setup fee, they're going to be successful. And that that has really been uh, probably one of the key things for our revenue growth. Interesting. And what kind of objections are you facing with that? It's funny because by the time we get to that part, there's no objections. Um, <laughs> Start making and, video content. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is awesome for me, right? So a lot of the main objection is they can't afford it, which is fine. I understand that when they can afford it, I'm going to email them every week for the next two years. So when they're ready to sign up, they're going to come back, right? When they have the the money to, but the people that have the money that can afford it, that know it's going to work for them. They already know that when we get on the phone and I tell them how much it is and they're completely willing to, because they've already seen the benefit. So you have to prove that your product is good for them. Not that your product works, but that it's a good fit for the client. Um, and then that's when you tell them what the setup fee is and they know it's going to work already. So they're going to say yes. Great. How, uh, how often are you putting out content? Uh, so the beginning of the year, um, I was doing seven days a week, which is a little bit too much. It's hard to keep up with that. So at least once a week, I try to do two or three times a week um, for my videos. Um, but I do, you know, the Facebook and Instagram stories um, on a daily or um, every other day basis. Um, one thing, I post uh, reviews and testimonials every week. I feature my clients every week. So they always know that they're going to get some promotion from me in some way, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on in a second. Well, wow, this is, uh, you know, this is great for startups to, to be hearing and to implement. It's, it's cheap. It's, it's easy. Um, it shouldn't be too time consuming if you, if you don't overthink it. Consistency and planning. So um, when I was doing the seven videos a week, uh, and I was busy working with clients and I was doing all this. I kind of, I started getting anxiety and started saying, I don't know if I can keep up. Um, I know it's working, but I don't know if I can keep up. So what I found was putting it in my schedule. That was one of the uh, biggest changes for me that really helped was, okay, every Friday at 12 o'clock, I have to make this video for Monday. Um, it gives me a couple days windowed for the editing and to get the picture set up. But um, having it in the schedule, you have to put it in the schedule. And if you're a small business, I know a lot of this sounds overwhelming. So e even if you think about how can I have my staff do it, um, how can I have someone on my team, or 
if you don't feel like you have enough time and you're by yourself, do it once a month. So consistency is definitely, I think, uh, the key there. And I'll touch one more thing on consistency. My my mentor, uh, Dan Martell, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. No. Um, he, he's a software um, investor. Um, he puts out a video every Monday morning at 6 a.m. For the past year, I've watched every single video because I know when it's coming out, what time it's coming out, and where to look for it. So he knows that he's going to get those same viewers because we already know when he's putting it out that he's helping and um, where we can go watch it at. So consistency is one of the, the key things there. Yeah. I think that's uh, it's really important. That's something I've learned for this podcast as well is to to keep the same schedule and everything. Definitely. All right, let's get back to the business side um, and, and less on the social selling. <laughs> How did you come up with the pricing uh, for your product? So um, I'll kind of go back for the whole product. Last year, I did a round of beta users. So 40 users, um, they still paid me for the, the product, which is good. We experimented with um, all kinds of things, functions, um, analytics, and stats, um, what works, what's working for them, what's not working for them, and then even feedback on pricing. Um, so I have, within 30 days of someone working with me, I have a review that goes out via email asking for them to leave us a review. And it's just in a job form. They can uh, do multiple choice, check marks. And one of the questions is, how do you feel about our pricing? <clears throat> now, I've switched pricing quite a bit, but we've, I've landed on what I think and what the feedback is from my clients. So I'm right around, so $50 a month is the average price that we offer. It's a $200 setup and then $50 a month. Um, so from feedback, it's something that they can afford on a monthly basis. Um, and then it's not. So I've tried $100 a month, which for my type of clients, so we all have our niches, the type of clients we work with was a little bit too much. I was seeing a higher churn. Um, anything under 50, I was getting people that would churn anyways. So I... I think the beta round, having all the testers giving me feedback uh, was one, you know, another thing that was very important for us. Now, you said your type of clients. Uh, have you thought about branching out to other other verticals? So I've definitely tried. <laughs> <laughs> and where did you fail? Um, I have clients in every industry, <clears throat> lawyers, um, hotels. We have them all over the, all over the world. We're worldwide, but 80% of my clients are in the health industry. Um, and I'm not, I know why we started there. That's where I came from. Um, but I think what I've realized, and I tried getting away from it, I've tried maybe for a whole year, I tried reaching out to everybody else, right? Um, and after uh, mentors telling me to stop doing that and to focus on my niche, right? Um, and people telling me that you have to focus on, um, the one segment of people instead of trying to reach out to everybody. Well, my common thing was, and everyone listening to this might think, well, my product will work for everyone. Well, that's what I think. My product will work on any website. But it goes back to the relationships. Do they feel like I understand what their problems are? And so when I talk to anyone in the health industry, I'm doing my videos, um, I'm doing my stories, I'm emailing them, I'm calling them and they are in the health industry, we relate to each other like that. They get it within seconds that I understand their industry. And then all of a sudden they're like, this guy can help me because he's been in the industry. He understands what we need. 
and he can help help fix it. Um, and that's being able to relate to your clients is huge. And that's where focusing on the niche really comes down, right? So no matter how hard I try to get out of it, still my focus. Um, I put uh, most of my energy towards that. Even making specific videos or content around fitness messaging or health chat, you know, getting those keywords in there um, has definitely helped. So if, if you're if if you're watching or listening, it's I know it's hard. It's tough to just stay in the one niche, and I've been really trying to get out of it. And I finally told myself, all right, I got to stop that. Focus on who understands me and who relates to me, and go from there. Yeah, the, the riches are in the niches. It's crazy to think about <laughs> the, the old classic saying. Yeah. So you're you've got a lot of clients, and you're and you're still actively selling, correct? Yep. And is it just you doing the selling? It is right now. Yep. When are you going to look at uh, hiring a salesperson? Uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing. It is. Then. It so, is. what are you looking for in a new in your first hire? It's tough because we all get feedback, and I don't, you know, I don't know where most of the listeners are. So, if you're listening now and you're in the same boat as me, you're not really sure when to do it. I've also heard the feedback that. Um, there's two options. You can get someone that's seasoned that knows what they're doing already, or you can train somebody. So uh, one thing is I've taught myself, I was never a salesman. I taught myself how to sell, how to relate with the clients and sell the product, right? Um, so when I go to think for a salesperson, are they going to relate to my clients the same way I do? Um, are people going to sign up through him, even though he has no videos out there, or has no relationship yet? So I'm kind of, I'm right on that point where I'm not sure if I should go down the route of hiring a sales manager or maybe a marketing manager. I'm kind of right there in the middle. Yeah. Letting a marketing manager be the voice of the company as well and adding content. Yep. Or getting people on my schedule, I think is uh, one of the key things, get, hiring somebody to get people on my schedule. And then from there, um, I can build the relationships. Now, as far as like hiring, uh, you said something that a lot of people come up with is, should I hire a seasoned salesperson or, or somebody brand new? But you, a question that you're, you're asking that question, but you're the founder. So it's so much different, the founder sales than an actual salesperson coming in because you're, you are excited. You, you come in with, uh, with a lot of power behind your name as the founder or CEO. Um, so what, have you found any challenges in that? Like uh, when talking to salespeople to hire? So um, not quite that problem yet because I'm not that deep into it. And I think I'm going to be able to get a lot of advice from you on this subject. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, I am having an issue with clients coming back to me um, because they feel like we have such a good relationship with customer issues or customer questions when they should be going to other people on my staff. They should be going to my business manager or the people that are, you know, foreseeing their project, but they come back to me somehow and they think they, I'm going to give them the answer. I'm going to give them a price discount or a refund or help them with this or speed up the process. Right. So that is one thing that um, I'm trying to learn how to manage right now, keeping them going to my staff. And when I am looking for that sales, or the sales manager, uh, making sure that they're delegating all these new clients, putting them in the right place and uh, continuing the relationship with them. All right. And, and how have you been managing that as of now? Like you're still go ongoing process, but what kind of tips have you found that work? 
So we actually moved all of our customer support to uh, Facebook Messenger. And that's that's one of the main channels that our um, our product is on. So it makes sense to keep it in there, right? But um, using letting my staff have access to that, um, the Messenger, letting them reply to people, it provides an easy way for them to communicate, but also keeps us on track, lets us respond back right away and continue the relationship with them. So I think that might have answered your question. Um, yeah. Yeah. Keep it, keep it focused in a focused channel. I think will it helps. We're, we're using another chat chat thing in, in our company, uh, Intercom. And we found that it really helps because you could drive email to there. You get inter interpersonal communication as well about the person uh, and getting it to different teams as well is nice. So having that one channel, I think is very important. Yeah. Having the help desk there too. What have been some of your biggest challenges that you've faced uh, as a the individual salesperson uh, getting everything going on besides the 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 amount of people always coming back to you? I think um, the marketing part is tough. I've tried like Facebook ads, uh, Google ads, YouTube ads, and I I know it's hard for everybody. So anyone listening is probably relating to me with this part. Um, getting a consistent uh, channel of leads coming in <clears throat> where I can track it every month, right? So right now I can't say I know that exactly how many leads we'll get every month. So it's just not consistent. My branding's free. Everything I'm doing is free. I'm not paying for ads, which is great, but it's not consistent. So one of the hardest things for me is finding a consistent channel where I know exactly how many leads are going to come in every month. And that's something we're still working on. Um, tr- we've tried everything, right? And just haven't found that right, the right niche or the right funnel for that. Okay. Have you guys raised money? Nope. We're uh, bootstrapped. Okay. And are you planning on raising money or are you going to keep going this route? I would love to keep going this route. I'm having fun doing it and I'm being, I'm patient. I already knew I had to be patient. Um, If it gets to the point where um, I know that I need it or I'm at the, you know, the point where we need to grow really fast, I'm open to it. Um, but I would love to stay uh, bootstrapped. What have been some of the challenges uh, besides money? <laughs> <laughs> um, so right now, just looking at growing the staff, keeping up with the day-to-day tasks, because we have a website service also, which is funding our, our software. So making sure all the staff set up, that they're um, you know continuing the relationships with their clients, with our clients. Um, but just really trying to put money into the software is tough. I know that that's probably your main question. Uh, how much money should we put in? How fast should we build it out? Right. Um, I'm on my fourth developer. So everyone listening that works with software, you probably feel the same way. Third or fourth developer trying to get it right. And just, um, I think so the developers hard. Once you find someone good, obviously stick with them. Right. But getting the feedback from my clients, I've made some changes to the software also. Um, so that's what's one of the coolest things is I'm able to make changes as we go. So my, when we're ready to scale, my product is perfect for my clients. They've already given me the feedback. I already know what they want. And it's it's ready to just scale from there. Great. Well, Brad, I really appreciate your time today. Is there a way for people to reach out to you? Yep. So we usually just do um, a, a short trial and then a setup fee. But for everyone that's watching right now, if they go to automationlinks.com forward slash startup sales, uh, we'll do a 30-day trial, no setup fee. 
Okay. And if somebody wants to reach out to you personally, how, how can they do that? Facebook Messenger. So I'll send you my link <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they can respond back there. But what's cool, I'll, I'll send you a special link and they can see how the automation works inside of the Messenger. Excellent. And I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. Great. Thank you very much, Brad. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To contact Adam about consulting services or speaking engagements, visit StartupSalesPodcast.com or email StartupSalesPodcast at gmail.com. Great, Brad. Let's start with the final five. What is your favorite sales or leadership book? So it's a new one that I started reading. Fanatical Prospecting uh, by Jeb uh, Blunt is great. And I'll tell you why it goes right along with that relationship part, the prospecting part. Um, so as soon as I started listening to that, it's all about prospecting using relationships, uh, doing the messaging, the social media, the calling. Um, and so that's one of my favorites because it really sticks out to me. Um, can I list two? Yeah. The next one is Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone, which I know a lot of people are, you know, like this uh, for that. Um, but what it really taught me was go out there, sell yourself, and don't care what people think. And th- that's where it took me about six months to start making my videos because I got, was nervous. I cared what people thought. It doesn't matter. Be everywhere. Be there with your product. Be there to help people, and you'll be successful. And be yourself. Bingo. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you follow somebody uh, for, for sales and leadership advice? Yep. Right now, following uh, Dan Martell, which we spoke about earlier. Um, he, he actually invested in an intercom, had a couple software companies he sold, and he does that weekly YouTube video every week, um, 6 a.m. on a Monday. Excellent. Uh, are you available 24-7 for your clients, uh, or do you set up strict uh, strict boundaries? Uh, strict boundaries. We're available on Messenger seven days a week, but we only respond back Monday through Saturday. Excellent. So Sundays often, do you, your clients ever get upset with you over that? Nope. Um, on our checkout pages, it says our support is Monday through Friday, actually. Um, so I do go in and answer people back on Saturday sometime, but Monday through, through Friday... Um, if you reach out to me Sunday, you'll hear from me Monday under, under promise over deliver. Yep. Great. What is your favorite tool used for sales? Uh, definitely. I think Zapier right now is helping. Um, that's not sales. That's software. I'm sorry, but, um, <laughs> Zapier, but if it's working you for, for sales. So it's I mean, good. It works because, um, the follow-up following up with people is my key thing for sales. I have people that sign up with me maybe a year or two after first talking. Um, like we spoke about earlier, maybe they couldn't afford it at first. Now they can. I followed up with them through email and messenger for a year or two. They come back to me when they're ready. So the follow-up is my number one thing for sales. Always following up with people. Um, just asking how they're doing, asking if they need help instead of a sales, sales way, but using a Zapier to connect everybody so now I can follow up with them, text, messenger, and email really anytime I want. Are you using some kind of software uh, besides Zapier to, to automate that follow-up process? Yep. I use uh, an email marketing called MailerLite, uh, which mm-hmm. has some really good automation in it. So we, we should know the best automation systems. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Our- ManyChat for Facebook Messenger. ManyChat? 
Mini chat. Yep. Oh, mini chat. Okay. Great. Last question. What one piece of advice do you have for all the uh, founders and sales leaders out there? Turn on your video, face it towards you and start helping people. Don't worry about quality. Don't worry about how perfect it is. Just start documenting your business. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk does this really good, always documenting everything he's doing. And then people know that they can reach out and that he's going to help them no matter what. Provide value. Yep. Great. Thank you very much, Brad. Thank you.